morning, everyone. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, my name is Addie Padilla. I'm in ninth grade at DSC, DSST Conservatory Green High School, which is right by Northfield High School. And I'm in Jubilate Singers and the student leadership team here at Montville. As you probably saw in the bulletin, today's topic is complicated joy. In the email I received about what to write the sermon about, the brief description was that um, joy is not in denial of the brokenness, but in defiance of it. I thought this was really interesting and made sense, um, but my interpretation of it is more like joy is not in denial of sin and evil power, but in defiance of it. And I say this because uh, what, what evil wants is destruction and chaos and sin and everything negative. Joy is the epitome of positivity. And I think what we consider pure joy is the closest thing that we can get to heaven on this earth. Because when we're feeling pure joy, evil's grip on us lessens, if only for a bit. Now I want everyone here to think about the last time you felt joy. It can be the kind of joy that happens when you're with some of your closest friends and you're laughing until your stomach hurts. It can be the kind of peaceful joy that comes, in being, that comes with being in sync with God. It can be a joy coming from solidarity where you're praying with many other people and God's presence is palpable. For me, it was that last one um, last Wednesday at my friend's youth group, um, the youth group and the youth leaders and some members of their church, um, it was the Summit Church, if you were wondering, it's downtown. Um, we were sitting in a circle and we were praying for us in our respective schools. Um, I don't usually pray with a lot of people, at least not that many. And there was just something about that solidarity and that shared desire for others at our schools to be led to God and the hope that we could lead them there. Um, and that was joyful for me because I haven't met a lot of Christians at my school and it's rare that I get to be with my Christian friends and pray. Um, but what made it complicated was that the things we were praying for weren't really happy things. Um, we were praying for a community who had experienced the death of a teacher and who were grieving. We were praying that we would each be able to lead others to Christ and that we wouldn't be ashamed of our faith or afraid to share it. We were praying for our own classmates who might have depression or anxiety or family issues or friend drama or are struggling with their sense of identity, etc. But despite the heaviness we all felt in our hearts, I think we all also felt joy and that helped balance it out. In today's scripture, um, the Philippians one, Paul uses the word rejoice as a plural, which kind of shows that he thinks that joy and rejoicing should be shared and not done alone. Of course, joy can come while being alone, it's very possible, but I've noticed that it's so much stronger when we're with other people. Looking at my life, I realize that when I feel real joy, not just happiness, but joy, it was almost always with other people. And I'm an introvert, I love being alone. It was being with other Christian kids, making art and dancing 
and throwing water balloons at each other until we were drenched to the bone. Going on a scavenger hunt at night in the mountains with young people from churches all across Denver, running across the field laughing as our flashlights bounced and as we gasped for breath. It was being insane at midnight with amazing girls who I've known for four years, laughing until we couldn't breathe at our annual sleepover. It was watching the Eras Tour movie in theaters with my friend late at night, tossing up friendship bracelets as Taylor sang You're On Your Own Kid, eating sour Skittles and popcorn and singing our hearts out, talking in between songs. It was baking cookies with my family, and when I opened presents on Christmas morning with my grandparents and my aunt and my parents and my little brother. Joy becomes so much more beautiful when you're with other people. Its power increases so much. Being with others makes joy so much more defiant, too, because as I've learned, community makes it so much easier to stay rooted in God. Without community, we're far more vulnerable to sin and temptation. With community, we stay stable and we can join our forces and create joy and push back the evil. So this week, I'm going to ask you to go find and be with some people who bring you joy. It can be anyone, friends or family or loved ones, and just laugh with them and pray with them, eat with them or watch a movie with them, and just do something with them that brings you joy because that's how we keep away the evil. Hello everyone, my name is Jonas White, not Jacob White, like it says in your bulletin, that's a typo. I'm a sophomore at Northfield High School, I hope that you're all doing well this morning, it's during the weather outside, it's pretty nice out there. Today I'm going to reshare a lesson I learned right here at Montview, that perspective matters. To start with, I just wanted to remind all of you that high school is not all sunshines and rainbows. COVID the global event that rocked the world. Going into COVID, I had a good friend group. Six of us were happy and coasting through a wild world. Everything was great until it wasn't. I couldn't keep up, keep up with the vibe or the feeling of the group. I just kind of fell off in a way. I'm not looking for your sympathy or anything. I'm mostly past it. However, this event changed me in a number of ways. Sometimes I felt as if God had left me and life was pretty darn bad. I went to church seeking help and heard a sermon by Nadia Boltz Weber about how God shows up in our lives in many different ways. Maybe that person that supports you when you need it most or the extra bacon on your breakfast plate. In the scripture today, that was read by Pierce, we can see that God tells us to look for the good. Specifically, in the Philippians passage, and the peace of God, which transcends all understandings. That means that through God, even in our tough times, we can look for him for understanding and help. God can use bad events to teach us things. We don't learn very much when life is smooth sailing. I learned a lot, a lot that summer of eighth grade about myself, about who I truly was, and now I'm a better person because of it. Because things are bad or unpleasant does not necessarily mean everything is bad. Well, that's how I want to see it. 
A more relatable example, I run track in my high school. Some days I just don't want to be there. Sets of push-ups, sit-ups, and the most fun, repeated hard sprints. Just because it wasn't fun to endure doesn't mean that it wasn't good. We all have these moments of sorrow or trouble. However, we have to look for the good in it. It can be difficult to see the good in it. At that sports workout, I was really tempted to go out and quit and save my muscles. Challenges are created, and God can help us overcome them. Paul, the author of the letter to, to the Philippians, he was in prison when he wrote this letter, likely facing death. However, he still thought that was important to spread the message of God, and he tells people to rejoice. He is in a Roman prison, and he's telling us to rejoice. That's a powerful message. Philippians 4, 4-7 offers a helpful framework for exploring joy and peace in relation to the life of faith. Considering these verses as a whole, they suggest that joy and peace are not found in the emotions that are evoked from an event, but instead the relationships that have been created through the Lord. At the beginning of the excerpt, Paul is saying to rejoice in the Lord always. This means all the time, even the lowliest of times or the highest. Always rejoice in the Lord. Paul continues to tell, tell us that everything will be great because we have the Lord. There are many things that can be a cause for rejoicing. Good news, achieving a goal, in some cases, this joy will be fleeting, where the cause of rejoicing has been the enduring the impact. To rejoice in the Lord always points to joy that is not only enduring, but that sustains us even when we are worn down by life's challenges. God will help us find joy. Church is not, not just about helping us find joy. It's also about getting help when you need it most, or you just want some extra help. Hearing Nadia's sermon changed my outlook on the situation. You should try and hear one of her sermons one at a time. She's really good at it. This can be tied also to how we look back on the hardest challenges, highest mounds, and deepest falls. On top of this, look for the silver lining in your most difficult times. Will that event make you a better person? You decide on how you look back on it. Are you going to be sad and block it out, or are you going to look for the good that that event did, did for you and how you can learn from it? Personally, I know what I would choose. And go Chiefs. Good morning. This morning, I would like to start by telling you all a joke. So right if you don't laugh, it's not that funny. Tomorrow morning, the surgeon began, I'll open up your heart. You'll find Jesus there, the boy interrupted. The surgeon looked up, annoyed. I'll cut your heart open, he continued, to see how much damage has been done. But when you open my heart, make sure you say hi to Jesus for me, said the boy. The surgeon looked at the parents who sat quietly. When I open your heart, I will see how much damage has been done. Then I'll sew your heart and chest back up, and I'll plan on what to do next. But you'll find Jesus in my heart. The Bible says he lives there. The hymns all say he lives there. You'll find him in my heart, said the boy. The surgeon had had enough. I'll tell you what I'll find in your heart. I'll find damaged muscles, low blood supply, and weakened vessels and I'll find out if I can make you well. You'll find Jesus there too. He lives there. I wish Jesus lived in my heart. I'm not saying it would be relevantly spacious or anything, but I bet he could figure out a way to heal it. 
My name is Eden Murphy. I'm 17 and a junior at East High School. For those of you who don't know me as well, here's a little background. I was born with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and when I was two years old, I was given one of the greatest gifts of all time, a second chance. I had my first heart transplant on August 6, 2008. Ever since that day, I was tasked with taking care of an extremely important being. I've never known what life was like without this task. But as I've grown, I've had to become this girl caring for her heart like it was a child. Imagine if it was a child, like Jesus, I would be responsible for the safety, growth, and development of a whole other person. I wonder if that's where Mary's mind went when she found out she was going to be the mother of Jesus. Like Mary, I was given the task of taking care of something vital with no other choice. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is often depicted as a symbol of love, compassion, and sacrifice. But she was also given the daunting task of raising the Son of God. She had no choice in the matter, but she accepted it and did her best to raise him the way that would honor God. Like her, I was tasked with taking care of my new heart. I had no choice in the matter, but I accepted it. And I have been doing my best to take care of it so I can carry on the legacy of my donor. I am reminded of Mary's example when I think of my journey. She was a young woman faced with a difficult and unexpected task, but she never gave up. She trusted in God and she did her best. I hope God understands that when he sees me in my heart. My relationship with God is often very complicated. I don't always trust him. I don't always see him when I struggle through hard times. But then I wonder, was I his next Mary? My heart is no Jesus, but he saw my potential and decided that if anyone could do it, it should be me. Our theme for today is complicated joy. I felt like this idea of being God's next Mary goes along with that. It is no easy task to carry out someone's legacy, honoring them and knowing that you were given a gift. My parents remind me of this often. It is a reminder of my responsibility to carry the torch and that no matter what, I am loved, I am chosen, and I have the strength to do it. For both Mary and my donor. <laughs> Mary is... <laughs> Don't cry, Mom. <laughs> Mary is one of the strongest women in the Bible. She is the birth, she birthed the boy, our Messiah, and did this out of joy and love. Raising a child is the first thing I think of when I think of complicated joy. But raising baby Jesus is probably more like complicated joy and then some. Mary and I share a similar path of complicated joy. Being strong even when it's hard, caring for something so important, and believing in the unknown. Mary's strength is an inspiration to us all. And I strive to be like Mary and face life's challenges with joy and love. Even as I prepare to face it all again with my next heart, with my next baby Jesus.